Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I think it's a problem that I'm at the point in my holiday shopping journey this year where Instagram now needs to catch up with me. They're showing me ads. I go, I already bought that from you, bitch, a week ago. Hurry up. Get me something else. Show me. Get creative. I already bought all that stuff and more. (laughs) Hurry up. On this episode of The Commercial Break... It's the ultimate yeah. you to the people who said yeah, no. Yeah, it is. And yeah. congratulations to you. Thank you. My, my career is mostly uh, based on spite. I love that. (laughs) You can't tell me what to do. I'll just get on a tenth of the budget, sir. (laughs) (laughs) We have so much in common. The next episode of the commercial break starts now. the commercial break. I'm Brian Green. This is my dear friend and the beautiful co-host of the commercial break, Chris and Joy Hill. The best of you, Chris. Best you, Brian. The best of you out there in the podcast universe. Not sure why I'm talking particularly fast today, but I just am <laughs> in one of those moods. The auctioneer mood? Yeah, it's been, I've been go, go, go since the moment I, I woke up. It's yeah. like one thing after the other and, you know, <laughs> it's the auctioneer mode. Micro machines. Remember that micro machines yeah. guy? <laughs> They're the smallest. They're the biggest. I tried to actually do that one time. On videotape, like I tried to do the micro machines talent. thing. No, you can't do it. It's a talent. I can talk fast, but my my head gets ahead of my uh, well, tongue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I often find that I get tongue twisted. And this was part of the reason why I went to like um, speech therapy when I was a kid. Because not only did I have this weird lisp and I couldn't roll my R's and all this other shit, but I also would stumble upon my words a lot. Like I had a little bit of a, um, I, I got I'm a little bit of a stumble. I'll call a it stumble. that. A stumble. Yeah. yeah. And... When I, and I, the speech therapist was like, it's because your brain is moving so fast. Your mouth is trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. If my hands <laughs> were trying to keep up, I might actually make some money in this world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I uh, wanted to tell you, you were just reading this story, this yes. Cars for Kids, the worst commercials in history. Oh, I know. The jingle. Someone's sending them to court, and thank God they're sending them to court, (laughs) because they need to take that jingle off the fucking... Ah, Chrissy, I see this commercial at least three times a day. See or hear it on satellite radio. 
three fucking times a day. I'm glad and I avoid it for some reason. <laughs> the day that I hear that commercial on the commercial break, we're done. We're done. Change the name. It's all over. Of course, it has kids in the word, so it'll probably never show up on the commercial break. But True. One, eight, seven, seven cards for kids. Donate your kind of name. Ah! <laughs> I'm going to jump off the room. I hate it so oh much. My God. So they're in court because apparently... There's another charity, because I guess they're maybe based in New Jersey, but then there's another charity that's based in Texas that has a very similar name, and they were started first. So, oh. Anyways. The old, been, this who is, got here first Yeah, kind of and this has uh, been going on, I guess, for years. They keep uh-huh. suing and resuing each other. Well, hopefully... So all those donations are going to Hopefully the Texas cars for kids apparently. will somehow get rid of... <laughs> yeah, all the... All that money they're making off selling those old cars, it's all going to attorney's fees. Yeah. That's a problem I have with a lot of these charities. A lot of the charities that we know and that we love, you really got to dig into them a little bit Mm -hmm. because most of them spend a majority of their money raising additional money. Mm -hmm. And then people at the tops, in some cases, get very wealthy and they spend a lot of, they make these big media buys. Yep. And I understand the game you have to play. Like, I'm not naive. I get it. In order to get more money, you have to get your name out there. But I would, I personally, uh, one of my big, not one of my big things, I don't, I don't have any money, so I can't give anybody anything. <laughs> but one of the things I'm a big fan of is St. Jude's. Oh, yeah. Because I know that St. Jude's, they have a hospital. They give away free care to children if they walk in the front door, if they're lucky enough to get there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like that about them. There's, that, there's some stuff that I can see that's going on that's actually going on. But cars yeah. for fucking kids? Cars for and now they take boats and houses. I right. think well, the article was saying it was it's expensive to to donate your cars and boats. You, you have to have them towed, yes, and then processed, and the whole thing, and that eats up like seventy percent of what. Yeah, how could my old so Honda with thing. no roof possibly be worth anything that's going to do anybody any good? And exactly where is the money going? They say cars for kids, but is it actually going to the kids? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, the answer can, is I don't know. Yeah, a little bit, know. a little yeah. bit of it is. You know what I but think there's it's going a list to. out there somewhere where you can if yeah, you they do have a little websites research, and stuff like yeah, that. you can see. Yeah, and I was actually looking down it, and I was surprised mm-hmm. at how much money was not spent on anything good. Like they're just continue fundraising yeah. parties and you know uh, donor mm-hmm. uh, getaways and all this other stuff. It's like wow, you I donated five dollars and I got nothing. I got a mug. Right, which is fine. <laughs> I'm not. I don't need the mug. Take the mug. Save the money. Give it to the kids. Yeah, keep the mug. What? makes me upset is that then you have these bigger donors and they take them like on world-class vacations so that they can get more money out of them. And I'm just like, hey, do your research, kids. Do your homework, (laughs) children. Do your kids, do your research, kids, before you donate to Cars for Kids. And I'm not saying they're a bad organization. I don't know that to be true. What I hate about Cars for Kids is that mother effing song. That motherfucking song drives me Baddy. It drives me loony <laughs> to the point where I turn off the radio or the TV when I see it. I just can't deal with that song being in my head. Of course, which it is now. So, uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course it is. Did you hear about the big, uh, you know, I, I know you're into this. So, okay. Did you hear about the big Grand Theft Auto <laughs> 6 coming out? I am very much into that. Are you, and you and Jeff, I'm sure, are waiting right. on bated breath yeah. for Grand <laughs> Theft Auto 6. I know that it's out there. I didn't hear. Is there some controversy? There always is. There's no controversy. Well, right? I mean, it's made up controversy, but it's made up by them so that they can promote their game. Uh-huh. They dropped the trailer a day early and they weren't supposed to. <laughs> some company right. was supposed to, not supposed to. Come on, give me a fucking break. It's like the most transparent PR push ever. But how However, I will say this. Grand Theft Auto is extraordinarily popular. Yeah. They have not put out a new version of Grand Theft Auto in 10 years, in a decade. Oh, wow. 
And so everyone's been kind of waiting on bated breath for this new version mm-hmm. of Grand Theft Auto. And so they released the trailer. It's going back to Vice City, which I guess is the original version of this. There's a female protagonist in the lead role right That's now. Good. I like that. Mm-hmm. I think her name is going to be Felicia, I think, or... Am I right about that? Hold on one second. Did I say Felicia? <laughs> I don't want to get the gamers mad at me. Lucia, not Felicia. Lucia. Felicia Day is, is another gamer. Yes. Or someone who is known as a gamer who will be with us later on this episode, Chrissy. I know it's this so episode. And I won't ask I her about her. Grand Theft Auto because I don't think that's her type of game. But um, Felicia Day is like a super accomplished actress, writer, producer, web series person, gamer, violinist. author, violinist. <laughs> accepted to Juilliard, mathematician. I mean, she is so fucking accomplished, Chrissy. It makes the rest of us look terrible, terrible. I, I, man, I'm going to say this to her. I get up in the morning and I feel like I've done a good job. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. If I get my kids out the door on time to school, yeah, I take a shower. I clean, (laughs) if I wash my legs, I feel like I've done a really (laughs) good job. You know what I'm saying? You're going extra. I know. Astrid was in the... (laughs) I told this story, but now I've noticed it happens every time. When Astrid walks in the shower, in the bathroom while I'm taking a shower, you know, to have that the yeah. five minutes of conversation a day we can have without children Private. yelling or screaming. Right. That's right. Uh, I instantaneously start washing my legs. It's almost like I'm trying to prove to her that I wash my legs. I'm like, hey, look at me. I'm washing my legs. I kick it up on that stand so it looks sexy. I point my toe out. My white socks today. Look at that. <laughs> oh I'm a God. fashionista. Yeah. <laughs> wearing the same Save Ferris t-shirt I've been wearing since season number one. <laughs> People are probably like, that guy really doesn't make any money because he should get a new t-shirt. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> It's a classic, which is what people say when they're something's way old and they still like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's classic. It Look at that Pearl Jam poster. It's classic. <laughs> no one gives a shit. Um, but Grand Theft Auto 6 has got everybody all hyped up, but it's not coming out till 2025. I played Grand Theft 2025. Auto 2025. Why are they already hyping it now just to get the hype? I don't know. They put out a trailer. It's got to be very complicated i knew a guy who designed games he was part of a a game designing Mm -hmm. team and i don't want to give any secrets away i don't know i haven't talked to the guy in years but secrets (laughs) you know secrets (laughs) i don't not about the gaming world i certainly don't i'm a nerd in my own way like in my tlc way like i would think that uh, felicia will readily admit that she's a nerd right Mm mm-hmm and I really think she's funny. I follow her on Instagram. I know that you've you've been reading up on her too. Yes. And so I, I just think she's got a great personality, and she's she's so uh, prolific. She puts out so much material, has put out so mm-hmm. much material, and she's got additional projects that she's working on. It makes me feel embarrassed to be a human. <laughs> I'm like Jesus. When am I going to get to something? You know, she has an idea for something, and she goes out and she executes it. She finds the money. Right. She finds the people. She writes the stuff. She executes. She gets told no, and she she keeps just going moves back. on. Yeah, she did one of the first, uh, which we'll ask her about. She did one of the first web series called The Guild mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube, which got millions and millions and millions of views. And I feel terrible as a human being because. <laughs> It. I had that idea for a vodcast or a podcast two years before I even got a microphone for the commercial <laughs> break. That's how lazy I am. And I, if we get one episode done a day, I feel like we did a good job, right? I'm <laughs> sure our editor, true. Christina, doesn't feel the same way. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I pay her, so I, I guess she's got to deal with it. But, you know, the reality is when you're that accomplished of a human being, it's hard not to be appreciative of what what's going on, like what that mm-hmm. person is doing. And I, I am very pleased to have her on the show today because i got a lot to talk to her about, the least of which, and the reason why this is such an attractive interview to me, 
is Mystery Science Theater oh, 3000, yes. which on one occasion, on the one occasion where someone said po- something positive about the commercial break to my face, <laughs> they said, you remind me of kind of like a goofy Mystery Science Theater 3000. Now, we'll uh, take it. I'll take it. Of course I will. I'd be... <laughs> I'd be happy to be in the same sentence as Mystery Science Theater 3000 on any day of the week. But this was a nice compliment. However, let's break down the compliment a little bit. (laughs) The commercial break reminds me a little bit of a goofy Mystery Science Theater 3000. If you've ever seen Mystery Science Theater 3000, which you should, you should, this is a truly classic show. And they're making new episodes, hopefully. But it is the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in your entire life. It is the goofiest of goofy. It can't be more goofy than it is. It literally has a talking robot that looks like a frying pan. I mean, like... We take the goof... We take the goof... Down not We take it up enough. <laughs> How do you be more goofy than Mystery Science Theater 3000? But I think he was drawing the comparison because we also break down videos and just kind of, you know, make our own little jokes over it, uh, which is what mystery, which is what MST has been doing for a very long time. Yeah. And that makes me super excited to have her in because I am a fanboy of MST and... Um, and she's been on it recently for, yeah. I think, the last, I don't know, two or three seasons or something like that. But we'll ask her all about that. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to mention about Felicia is that not only, not only is she like a pro-level violinist, she got accepted to the fucking Juilliard I School know, of I Music. I saw that. I was reading that about is her. Is that not insane? That's wild. It's not like a one in six million people or something make it into it's Juilliard. It's very hard. It's very, <laughs> it's very difficult. Hard. And then to choose to not go that route. <laughs> nope. I, I know. Go. And then to go, she yeah. went to the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably for a lot of different reasons. Maybe yeah. if it's close to home or whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, so we'll get into all of that with her when she gets here. But I also wanted to mention, uh, because I think it's important, is is that you should go and listen to her new audio series available only on Audible, and it's called The Third Eye. And she wrote and produced this herself, and Weird Al Yankovic is in it. So you must go check this out, <laughs> because anything Weird Al Yankovic is in, I'm down He's for He's another, it. like, super intelligent guy. He's, wasn't he part of yeah. Mensa? I, I don't know that for sure, but, the, I you know, there was some kind of biopic yeah, thing yeah. that came out, and yeah. Very, very intelligent. Oh, yeah. Didn't he do like a Hulu series or a Hulu movie or something like Mm -hmm. that? And who was uh, Daniel uh, Radcliffe? Was it Daniel Radcliffe? The guy who used to play Harry Potter? Right. I don't know. Yeah. I think he was the guy who played Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. 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 So I probably got (laughs) that completely wrong. People are screaming at me. Oh, it's on Roku. I think it was on Roku. Good for Roku. Yeah. You know what's really making my life a lot better? Are these what they call OTT. The streamers who have commercials but then they have huge libraries of old shows that seemingly no one would give a shit about. Mm-hmm. But now I give a shit about all of them. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 90210. What's that one that I was on? 21, 21 Jump, Jump Street. Street was yeah. one. <laughs> now there's Dog the Bounty Hunter if you're into you know <laughs> racist bounty hunters then you're going to watch that. They have hundreds of channels of this television, sh- television shows that just run back to back to back to back to back episodes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just so delighted that it's on because it has given me one of my new favorite shows which is called First Dates. Have you seen this? First Dates. First Dates is no. a UK show. It has not made its way to America. I don't know why. It's won a bunch of BAFTAs, which are like the British Academy Awards or British you know, Tele Awards or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's won a bunch of BAFTAs. And it's a very simple premise. But it the humanity, the comedy that comes through on these first dates is amazing. Here's the premise. The producers set up two people that have never met each other. There is a restaurant in London and it's only people who are on first blind dates. So the whole restaurant is full of people who are on the first blind date, right? Okay. I guess you can't have a second blind date because unless you're actually <laughs> blind. 
Yeah, there's not there's not many second no, blind dates. I just realized the ridiculousness <laughs> of what I was saying. Um, so they go in and then they kind of call the they put cameras all around and then they call the best of right and they put yeah. it into a, an hour long episode and it's just so fucking fascinating to watch people of all ages, all demographic backgrounds, all geographic backgrounds. I mean, everybody under the sun, anybody, amputees, people that are blind, people that are deaf. They put them to get, you know, they put them with somebody mm -hmm. who they think might be a good fit. So they're and, the, the production company is like the matchmaker. They're the matchmaker. Okay. And there's no indication of how they do this. It's literally, you get to know the wait staff and the concierge, right? Because they're kind of the character, the ongoing characters of the okay. show. Okay. But then every single episode, there's four or five new couples that you get to know ah. through this. And it is tear jerking at times. It is hilarious most of the time. And then... The only question that's asked at the end of the date, they get together in, you know, like a, a room that the producers have set up. Mm -hmm. They get them together. They ask how the date went. And then they said, would you go on a second date? Will there be a second date? That's the only, those are the only stakes in this particular television show is will you or will you not go on a second date? Would you or would you not like to go on a second date? Uh -huh. And, you know, it's about 50-50. I think it's probably yeah, the average. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. But I've watched hundreds of these episodes now. <laughs> and it came to me because of one of those OTT, one of those streamers, I think Tubi or something like that. Yeah, Tubi's big right now. Yeah. And, you know, not that I don't love my Netflix and HBO and Amazon. I love it. I love mm -hmm. all of that. But it's expensive. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm okay watching a commercial here or there yeah. if I get to watch the content on my own time at my own pace. On demand. Do you know what I'm saying? The only thing I don't like about the OTT streamers is that you cannot fast forward through the commercials. Mm, so, yeah. and you can't close out of the commercials. Do you know how your iPhone, like you can be watching something now on HBO and you could flick it up and yeah. then the, it's still playing in a smaller screen, yes. right? But when you flick it up, when you're watching on the OTT, the, if the commercials come on, you flick it up to go check your email or something, it, it just stops, oh. right? And then you got to rewatch all over again. <laughs> so I say shame on you for that. But otherwise, I'm, I'm inviting you into you're my life. Fan. I'm liking what you're doing. <laughs> I am a fan. Aren't you? Do you have any of that shit? Yeah, we've got it all. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We, we just do subscribe too. to all yeah. of it at this point because there's some show that I wanted to watch. And so you subscribe and then you just don't. I know there's a lot of people that do the whole... Subscribe for a minute, you know, for a season of something and then unsubscribe. Yeah. But I don't, I don't have the time for that. <laughs> no, that's why these, that that's why these <laughs> services that will cancel for you are like so very popular. I used one of those services. For, oh, you did? Uh, Rocket Money or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And this is not a commercial for Rocket Money, by the way. <laughs> just yeah. going to be clear about that. But I use one of those services and we must have saved, I don't know, $600 a month. Because we just had wow. subscription after subscription, app after app that we have never yeah. could possibly use in a lifetime again. Like we downloaded it, paid for it for that one thing that we were mm -hmm. doing, and then they kept on charging us. I found an app that had been charging me <laughs> since 2018, and I don't ever remember using the app. It's not even on my phone anymore. So I cannot for the life of me get them to cancel this because you actually have to contact the company. Yeah. I send them email after email, email after email. So I'm going to... I don't know. What do I do? Throw away my card? Is that what I do? <laughs> Throw away my card and move on to the next one, yeah. I guess. Every once in a while, you got to have a new credit card number. You know what yes. I'm saying? And yes. that is the world's biggest pain in the ass. Besides <laughs> moving, changing credit cards is the worst thing True. ever. Because I don't know my numbers, and i got to go re-input them everywhere? Come on. There's got to be a better way to do this, doesn't there? We have to re-input every time? 
<laughs> I don't know how we went from Felicia Day to re-inputting your credit card I don't information. Know either. But that's okay. <laughs> to be yeah, <laughs> to streaming. Be streaming. Yeah, okay. Blind dates. All right. Okay. <laughs> Felicia Day is gonna be with us. She's here in the next couple minutes. Let's do ourselves a favor. Let's take a short break. Please listen to the commercials. I know you can close out of them, but please don't. <laughs> please listen to the commercials so the commercial break can finally start making some money. And then uh we'll be back with Felicia uh just right after these messages. Let's cut to the chase. We love you, and we want to hear your sweet, angelic voices asking us for advice. So give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 626-ASK-TCB3. If you're not ready for that kind of commitment, which I understand, send us a text instead at 855-TCB-8383. And as always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Commercial Break and on TikTok at TCB Podcast. And this wouldn't be a TCB promo if I didn't tell you to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the commercial break to watch all of our amazing video edits. You can also go to tcbpodcast.com to find everything we have ever put on the website. Let's listen to some sponsors and then we are back on track, baby. Love you. Bye. Hey, everybody, wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Okay, do you want to know what the single biggest challenge for me as a single person was? Shopping for, prepping, and cooking nutritious meals. Do you want to know what the biggest challenge for me as a human with 25 to 60 family members living in my house? Shopping for, prepping, and cooking a nutritious meal. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's a big stress point around here. And since I don't really know how to cook, that stress often falls on other family members. But this holiday season, we're going to try something different. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help us fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to our door. Because Factor's never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, all you have to do is heat and enjoy. You can choose from over 35 weekly-flavor-packed, fresh and never-frozen meals that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences. And guess what? It's all delivered right to your front door. With Factor, we can be assured that we're making sustainable choices. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices. Hey, look at that, a company who's trying to do some good. So head to factormeals.com slash commercial break five zero and use the code commercial break five zero to get 50% off. That's code commercial break five zero at factormeals.com slash commercial break five zero and get 50% off. We also want to thank Factor for being a sponsor of The Commercial Break. This episode is sponsored in part by Claritin. Do you hear that? Do you hear that absolutely irritating voice that I have right now and all the sinus congestion? Twice a year, we call that the Atlanta flu. That's because those of us who suffer from seasonal allergies can really find it quite miserable during the spring and during the fall. The nasal congestion that can cause pounding headaches, the irritating throat drainage, the coughing. Sometimes I can't taste my food and it can really make some of my days unbearable. Luckily, for those of us who do live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Claritin D, quite frankly, changed the allergy game for me. I've been taking it for a number of years, and it's got fast symptom relief that starts working on my allergies and nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. The double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. All of those symptoms are familiar to any seasonal 
professional allergy sufferer, and I just love this product. It's actually kind of serendipitous that I am suffering from allergies today. Just took my Claritin D, and I quite frankly look forward to the relief, and so I don't sound like a duck. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at your pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Please use as directed, and we want to thank Claritin for being a sponsor of the commercial break and a reliever of Brian's allergy symptoms. Thanks, Claritin. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hi, Felicia. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Good. Hey, Felicia. And thank you. Thank you for clapping. <laughs> I was clapping. I don't know. I was like, are we syncing our audio? Yes, or are we that's exactly what we're doing. She got it. She knew it. She's in the biz. She's in the biz. She is in the biz. <laughs> I have one overarching question for you, right off of the okay. bat. How in the St. Captain Crunch do you do all the things that you do and still have time to be a parent? Because I, if I take a shower in the morning, I feel extraordinarily accomplished. And you are... In so many television shows, you have two podcasts. You have the the third eye on Audible. You have so much stuff that you're doing. How do you find the time to accomplish it all? You're making us the rest of our the rest of us look. I terrible. know. Congratulations to you, ma'am. Thank you. Well, I mean, I will say that um, first of all, I don't have dozens of children like you. That's right? true. Um, five to so, ten. Yeah. Five Sometimes to ten six children. to twelve. Depends on what day it is. <laughs> I have to say, ever since I had a kid, I had to readjust my life. I, a lot of the bulk of the, wow, she does everything, was done before I had a kid. She's yeah. six years old now. And I had to really be ruthless uh, about my schedule and what I can con- concentrate on. And I tried to do it still, and then I just drove myself you know, crazy. And then I was like, girl, you got to get the machete out and just cut, <laughs> cut it out. Cut it out. I, I like this. Um, I make an analogy about having a kid. Is like you know when you go on Amazon and you buy like a, a chair or a couch. Yeah. 
And then it's you order it, and then it comes, and it's like eight times as big as you thought it was. <laughs> that's right. And so it's like, what? I got to get rid of everything Way. around this couch. Yes. Yeah, so that's my analogy to parenthood. I tell Chrissy all the time, I said, when I, we had our first child, I already felt tired, like I was doing a lot. When I wasn't doing a lot at all, actually. And then there's this, mm-hmm. there's this pool of energy that somehow... Uh, I pull from with the first child and then the second child, then the third child, then the 12th child. It's like, I don't know. There's there's somehow there's this energy to keep going, but the time, yeah, Yeah. but the time doesn't, I don't get more hours in the day. And so I just look at your resume and I am so extraordinarily impressed at you as a human being and how much you've accomplished. And I want to get into a little bit. Oh yeah. Thank you. You're born in Huntsville, Alabama, which is not too far off the road from mm-hmm. from. Where, I was excited to hear you got y'all were in uh, Atlanta. I That's right. Go without people going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a big space program over there too. In oh Huntsville. yeah, I went to space camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I bet you went yeah, to space camp also. Uh, I never got to go, but <gasps> my grandfather was a nuclear physicist, so he worked at Lockheed. Wow. He also worked for the government, and then w- my uncle actually helped design, you know, the the arm on the space. Station? Yeah. So, yeah, no I way. got a lot of scientists in my family. Oh my yeah. God. So it's in your cramps. DNA. Yeah. She comes from a line of overachievers, making <laughs> the rest of us look bad. Sure. <laughs> you you're born in Huntsville, but you were homeschooled, right? For most of the from for most of your childhood? I was. My dad was in the my I come from military families. So my dad's family, he uh my dad's dad was worked on um uh, Redstone Arsenal. He was like, I think a lieutenant colonel or something like that, or full colonel. And so my dad was in the military. He enro- uh, enlisted in order to get his medical degree done. Uh-huh. So we moved around everywhere. We lived a lot in Mississippi and uh, all the all around the South, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louisiana, um, everywhere. And so uh, that's how I kind of became homeschooled because we would move around so much. My mom was just like, well, I don't want to keep enrolling you in school. Right. So let's, just, let's just stay in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I've, I've got this. <laughs> Did you enjoy homeschooling? But there, uh, but I read. You're like the opposite of somebody, by the way, that I feel like is the typical homeschool stereotype. Well, really? They're so oh, outgoing like, and so beautiful and have done oh, so much. <laughs> it is uh it is and it's been a monumental uh it has been a monumental effort for me and a lot of therapy to get yeah. them outgoing. <laughs> I'd rather go. be in my house any day of the week. <laughs> well I was not homeschooled and I'll tell you what I'm keeping my therapist's mortgage paid for the last six months. So. <laughs> but you you went to one year of like a did you go to a private school? Uh, one year, like the second grade? I did. Yeah, it was first grade. I went to preschool and a little bit of kindergarten and half of uh, first grade. And then my mom pulled me out because it was like, she sent me to this super religious school. And they, this is a true story. They actually had chapel every day, which, you know, it's fine. And it was a really, I guess, very reputable school in Huntsville. But then one day in chapel, I remember this woman, Miss Geraldine, held up a bunch of $20 bills and just burned them and what? told me that it was the devil's uh, fuel was was money, money, and we were so poor that my mom was like, "No, I'm never, I'm never sending you back. <laughs> yeah, not going back there." So she burned the <laughs> twenty dollar bills in a almost a protestation to one to first graders I that money was the devil. <laughs> I te- I, this is a hundred percent happened, and as a, a kid who only got her stuff from Goodwill, I was like, "No, no give it to me. Yeah. We need money." I mean, even as a five year old, I was like, "No, that money is precious. I need it for my mom." Yeah. So yeah, she just pulled me out. She was like, "This is not happening," and. We just never went back, and I'm not saying that it was the most thorough education, but I turned out fine-ish. I would say so. Well, I think you're yeah, okay. I had to had something had to have gone right for the for you to become you know graduate at what 16? Uh, you gra- no, she. she uh, I read that you graduated of uh, college at 19 years old. You went to you went to college at 16. 
Yeah, I went to college at 16. It was tw- I was 20 when I graduated, and then I just I got a math and a music performance degree oh because I was God. so wow. bored at home. I would just practice my violin all day. And so because now I'm getting a southern accent, y'all. Yeah, well, come just on come with on it. down. The water's come on warm. With it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Chicago. So I mean You're I, from Chicago. <laughs> I am, but I've been here for almost 30 years. So it's not like I just okay. fell off the turnip truck. I from think Chicago. mine may be a little bit more yeah, southern. Yeah, she's a little bit more southern than I am. <laughs> yeah, yours is pretty you're not like Madonna who just moves to England and <laughs> right. is still like, pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Madonna can be quite and, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah you know, let, you be you. I'm, I'm not going to judge anybody. If nobody's being harmed, just do what you need to Fair do, Madonna, enough. Okay? Fair With enough. your face or your voice. Um, yeah, so I, I forget what you asked me. you delightful. I asked you, you graduated, you graduated 20 years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but because my my dad was like, you can't be an actor in Hollywood until you get a quote unquote real degree. So I was like, I'll show you. And I got my math degree and my violin degree. And I was like, on a bus to Los Angeles to be an actor. No reason why. I still can't figure <laughs> just, it out. <laughs> just on a whim. And so you went to UT in Austin? Mm-hmm. UT Austin. Okay, yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, it was a big, that's a big college. It's like 50,000. Oh, yeah. People. That's a huge Definitely. school. Definitely. Yeah. So that's like a, a little different. That's got to be a culture shock. But let me tell the listeners that she went to University of Austin in Texas, but got accepted to Juilliard. So you are a homeschooled young lady, went to one year of, of uh, what they would call regular classroom education, and you got accepted to Juilliard and University of Texas Austin. Like, how? I just, my mind is blown. It's, it's complicated it was only to understand. because I was bored. I'm telling you, man, I had hours a day. Kids, they go to school, they learn maybe an hour and a half, and then they're just kind of housed mm-hmm. there, okay? Yep. Like, that's fine. It's what we need in this world. It's not, I don't know if it's, so I was just home all day, and I had no friends, so what am I going to do? I'm going to play video games, and I'm going to play the violin. So I don't know. <laughs> I think it was just a question of like, you got time, you got to fill it up. It's the opposite of my life now. I got no time, time as a parent and somebody who has a try to have a career. And then as a kid, I'm just like, do do do. What am I going to do today? Watch Lost in Space and play my violin. That's it. Do you have any kind of like regular interactions with children when you're homeschooled? I'm just so fascinated to understand how you ended up being so well-rounded. Did you like? I, I'm not well-rounded. I'll tell you that. I mean, it's a complete artifice. I'll right. tell you that right now. Well, you I are an actress. Like, yeah. Yes, I'm an actor. I can act like I, I'm socially adept. I am not. Um, you know, it was really I, – I contemplated homeschooling my kid because I do feel like there's some awesome things, like, you know, that I was able to get from that experience. Like, I love learning outside of grades. I just like reading. I love learning things. I'm very good at a bunch of different extracurricular I, – I was a really great dancer. I was a good – you know, I did theater. I did my violin. I did karate. I did a lot of ex- – basically, my life was just extracurriculars. Yeah. So I have huge gaps when it comes to, like, geology or – getting along with other people. But at the same time, I know a lot of really good stuff. So I did contemplate it. And I think if you're conscientious and you create sort of a social world for your kid, homeschooling could be really, and you have the bandwidth, homeschooling would be awesome. But my mom didn't, you know, I think she could have made more efforts in the social side. And so we didn't really have a lot of interaction with other kids outside of lessons. Mm -hmm. So that's how I socialized, kind of in the, in the back room between ballet classes. (laughs) So you got a little bit of a taste of what it was like to be out there in the real world. But for the most part, you insulated and that little brain of yours just exploded because you were obviously super smart and accomplished even at a young age because you're going to college at 16. What is it like going to college at 16 years old? I mean, you were a total fish out of water. Nobody would date me. Legally, they couldn't. Nah. So there's true. <laughs> I didn't think about that. 
I was a forbo- I was foreboding. People were like, ah! Yeah, they were getting away from me like a cross and a vampire. I didn't even think about this. I know. You're right. It's completely illegal to date that girl who just showed even, up at college. Don't even associate with me. Wow. Did you date anybody in college? Like, did you have any experiences? Uh, not many. Well, I had to wait several years. Yeah. And course. then I did, I did date a percussionist because I thought the way he played the marimba was really hot. Oh. Um, but like that was it. It was a very, <laughs> yeah. Percussionists are cool. Like they are. They are. Classical music percussionists can play a lot of things, but drummers in general are just hot, right? Yeah, yeah they I, are. I have to agree with you. They are. I have to agree that the drummers are hot. I was in band all, all of my education. Also, I played saxophone. Oh. Third chair saxophone, I'm really proud of it because there was a fourth <laughs> chair, so I beat somebody out. Um, <laughs> But fucking Russell. Russell always got first chair. Russell. Damn Russell. Damn um, it. Damn Russell. But those drummers. What's Russell doing now? I know. I was going to say. You, you, yeah. Russell still plays the saxophone. Where I, I haven't had a saxophone <laughs> in 10 years. Russell's still playing the saxophone. And he's so good at it. And I, I wish I would have stuck with it, but I didn't. But I will tell you this. Is that even with a saxophone in my hand, no, no girl paid attention to us. They paid attention no. to the drummers. Because mm-hmm. the drummers had longer yeah. hair. And they were sexy. And they were cool. And they could play the drums really good. I don't know. I don't know what it is about drummers. I, sh- I should tell my they, kids this. Get into percussion. Yeah. That's where the action's at. got the beat. At. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not like, I, for some reason, it's way hotter than a guy pulling out an acoustic guitar at a party. That's like, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, in my opinion, at a party. Like, just get away from me, sir, with yes. your guitar. <laughs> I will not be seduced here, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Felicia, yeah. I have to tell you this story. So I'm on Instagram the other day, and I've got this guy that I was friends with once. It's like one of those people that you meet, and for like six months, you guys go out and have a beer occasionally, but then you never talk to him again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is on my Instagram and he is throwing a house party for Christmas. And there's probably, uh-huh. I don't know, let's get say 25 people. It all looks very lovely. It's a very, rather adult affair. Everyone's drinking wine. And, but he posts in this story, then the last uh, <laughs> reel in the story is him sitting on the couch while everyone's gathered around playing acoustic guitar, a terrible oh, cover no. of a terrible song. Oh. And the, whoever's doing the camera pans around to the faces and they're oh, all. God. Yeah, Wonderwall. I think it was Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You pan Little around to the faces girl. and everyone's just desperately looking for it out. They're all like, just, are they serving more cheese? Is there more cheese? Because I'm going to go over there and eat it. And I thought to myself, I was that idiot for a long time. I pulled out the acoustic guitar. Wait, it, you got the, you got out your saxophone at a party? No, what are you going to get a date? I learned how to play I guitar just as terribly as I learned how to play saxophone. Self-taught. Oh, gotcha. Self-taught. Self-taught. Which means I know three songs that I play. The, and then I put it down and I say, that's enough for now, everybody. And they thank me. <laughs> um, so when you go to, when you graduate, uh, with this dual degree in math and music. Did you take music theory, by the way? Oh, yeah, all oh, of it. God, I took a... all ear training, all, you know, you history, all music history. Yeah, I had to do all of it. It was fun. I mean, some of it was, on, it was wonderful. I just didn't really see that I was going to be... I, I did a lot of, like, gig playing as well to pay, you know, I actually, mm-hmm. it was a very good job. I would play lots of, like, church services and weddings, and but that's why we'll never have a wedding, because I've seen the, the, the dark <laughs> right. employee side of a yeah. wedding. I'm like, never. This never. Is, it's a horror show. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know, I didn't think, hey, this is it. Yeah. I, I'm going to do the same thing I was doing. I was in the symphony in Austin. I was playing all these gigs. I was making a good living. I was like, what more is there? And so I needed to jump in a wild blind pool to see what would happen it was you know traumatic <laughs> and interesting <laughs> when you get on the bus do you like literally get on a bus and go to la or you pick no, up your stuff I volunteered, and go 
No, no, no. I've never been on a bus. Uh, no. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't go to school, so you, do, you never got a bus. School, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I volunteered for a lot of film festivals while I was in Austin. If, if you know this about Austin, they do mm-hmm. a lot of indie film. Yep, so I was sure. like a volunteer for South by Southwest and Austin Film Festival and all that stuff. So when I moved to L.A., I didn't take a bus. I knew a lot of people, at least. So I did have um, sort of a a network of people I knew who helped me. And I had saved up all my money from playing the violin because I I lived at home the whole time, which is so sad. But at the same time, I did have a nice nest egg to get me at least a year in. Yeah, you're also 16 years old. So, I mean, where else would you be? I was 20. Oh, 20 when you graduated. Yeah, Yeah. okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, When you moved Barely legal. When you get to L.A., so you, you, like, get into this network of people that you already knew from the film festivals in Austin and South by Southwest. And so you go there, and what, like, how do you get into the business? You just, what's that decision? What's that first um, audition like? You uh, it was a Backstage West. Backstage West was like a paper that used to be printed, and it had like non-union jobs in there. And I did a bunch of student films with no dialogue. I did um, auditions where I'd go, and they'd ask me to take my clothes off just for the character. Oh, and right. so I had to go through yeah, and then I, uh, I, it was like two years before I even got a, a, the legitimate agent. So it was very hard for me. And yeah. as somebody who, like, was a 4.0 student and, like, always, like, worked – you know, I practiced eight hours a day on the violin. I was like, if I just practice more, I'll get ahead. And that is not how Hollywood works. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I can yes. imagine. So when you have 4.0, you're highly accomplished. You're playing eight hours a day. Do you, is it like this a, a recurring theme in your life? Like I have to win. I have to get the 4.0. I have to get oh, the yeah. A. I have to be the best in the violin. Is this, is this a reoccurring theme in your life? And when exactly do you break? <laughs> because at some point. I broke. No, it's true. I did. And like when I look back, um, I even wrote, I wrote an autobiography called You're Never Weird on the Internet Almost. And I there's saw one, that. One we read part. it. Yeah. yeah. It's really, you know, it's really funny if you it's like good. a geeky girl. It's very good. Um, and if there's one uh, story I told where one of the bath professors was like, Felicia, if you just got a B, your life would be so much better. I was like, no. <laughs> I think back on that moment, I was like, yeah, it would have made my life better because like the whole for this this false sort of like front I needed to put put up for everybody of being perfect and being the best. Like it's it is. You're right. It's just something ready to break. It is. And um, I definitely did break myself later when I started a company and I just was making like 40 hours of video a month that it was just insane. And, you know, at a certain point, you've got to care for yourself mm-hmm. and not just worry about your outsides. And I, I broke, and that was probably when I started becoming a functional human, or at least pretended. <laughs> I see some of my kids, they get anxious sometimes when they don't do something right or they can't get something. And I'm always just quick to remind them that you're perfectly imperfect. Like, no one's going to get it right 100% of the time. And there's there are, in my mind, there are huge lessons in failure. And from a guy who's failed more often than he's succeeded, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's very true. My biggest life, life, life lessons come from uh, failure. Now, I was never a 4.0 student. Uh, that's not to say I didn't try, but I was never a 4.0 student. But do you kind of wish you had had that B in that class so that it would have like... 100%. Yeah, it may 100%. have. 100%. I wish I had been a total slacker, <laughs> just like <laughs> doing like what whatever it is in a closet you need to be doing as a total person who isn't applying themselves... I uh, 100% do that. And like for my daughter, like I think you're that's a wonderful thing to to give as a parent a, a mindset of growth, personal growth versus like trying to achieve for other people. Yeah. And when she wants to drop out of a lesson, I'm like, okay, great. And yeah. I know that she'll probably tried resent it. me one day. Like, yeah, you tried it. Mm-hmm. If it's not for you, I'm not going to make this you. And also, like, if she 
tends to be something really good at something, I'm not going to be like, great, now you're a violinist, go! You know, that's <laughs> right. equally as bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you, when you teach, as a person, when you put so much internal pressure on yourself to accomplish someone, it, what some people might call the pursuit of perfection, you're just sowing the seeds of your own disappointment, right? There's no such thing as perfect 99% of the time in this world. And, in, and so I think it's just such an important lesson to learn about failure. But one that I did not learn myself until I started the commercial break. And then I was like, it just can't be perfect. It just can't be perfect. I can't put out these many episodes and be perfect every time. I have to give myself some grace here, some grace and some yeah. space. When you got to Hollywood, did you, uh, originally you were a commercial actor, like you were doing commercial uh, uh, commercials? I did a lot of commercials. If you look on YouTube, you can see me eating Cheetos and selling Starburst and all, you know, <laughs> like 20 different products. And I was so blessed because I, I, I tended to do really well in those situations. Yeah. Um, and I got, I paid my bills, but I was super unfulfilled. And, and I would, I had such an anxiety problem that when I got really close to anything like legitimate and theatrical, not that commercials aren't legitimate, but like anything like you know, yeah, uh, TV it. show wise. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I would I would just choke. I would be so nervous that I could not control myself because again, I had this idea that I needed to be good for everybody else and not mess up. And you're totally right. Like um, you grow as a person and being per- a perfectionist is more like I need to be stuck in who I am right now and mm. I need to hold it with all my might. Whereas if you make mistakes, you know, you push yourself to mm-hmm. places that you never would have thought you'd be. And so I wish I could have just told myself that or given myself some Xanax. Either way, <laughs> right? That always helps. Felicia, I think that therapist is working. I think that therapist yeah. is working. Would, would you, let me ask you something about commercial work because I've I've always been curious about this, but never talked to anybody that did like a Cheetos commercial. I talked to some people that oh, have yeah. done like the local, you know, bop. me, me yeah. for instance, promoting the Chrissy. real estate channel on some cable network. Chrissy used to do infomercials about retirement villages. Uh, Locals what? like public yeah. access station. It's crazy. Oh, Felicia. can I see that on YouTube? I'll send a clip. Yeah, we will, I'll we'll send a clip. Please yeah. do. Um, <laughs> so, besides doing you know Bob Hammock's uh, local Ford dealership type of commercials, when you do those it, those national commercials, there's good money in that, isn't there? Like you get paid a pretty good chunk of change to do those commercials. You used to. I will say that um, I don't. I don't know if you guys were familiar that we just had a big strike. Oh, and that yeah, was a theatrical TV yes. movie strike. But the same thing happened with commercials, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, the result of the commercial strike several years ago made a lot of them go non-union. Uh. So, like, um, and a lot of them are not playing on network, and like, of course, streaming and cable don't pay as much. So, unless you got one of those Super Bowl ads, yeah, you're not making a good living. Like back in the day, I would do two commercials, and I pretty much have my bills at least, you know, my sustenance paid. And anything else I got was kind of gravy. Mm-hmm. And that was like, you can't really do that nowadays. Unfortunately, you you do a lot and then you'll get your day rate and maybe a little tiny bit of residuals, but you won't get those big paydays that people used to get, which is, you know, it's fr- frankly sad. It's really hard sure. to be a middle-class actor now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the examples. But, you know, it is it was a good living. It kept me in the business because I think I would have quit and gone back to violin if I couldn't have paid my bills at all for years. It took me to get into a place where I could get TV work. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would be, you would feel fulfilled as a violinist? Like, do you ever look back on that and go, man, I'd love to be sitting in a chair somewhere, you know, playing in front of a couple thousand people uh, as a violinist? Um, 
You know, I, again, I know what my life would have been like. I, yeah. would have t- I had to teach. I would have done my weddings and church, you know, and Easter. And then I would have been in the symphony and then maybe done some cool, like, gig work, session work. And that would have been it. And, um, yeah, I think if you look at my resume, you'll see a ton of stuff. And yeah. earlier, like, how do you do it? I was like, I just change my mind every time I do something. <laughs> so I'm the same way. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, we're a lot like that too. I'm just yeah. like, I don't want to do what I did before. And I just jump into, I want to see what will happen. And yeah. that's why I did this, you know, Audible project. And then I'm doing a stage play next year. And it's like, can you just settle on something, Felicia? <laughs> no, I absolutely can't. Yeah, tell us about your Audible project. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the Audible project. Yeah, so the Audible Project is called Third Eye. It's a fantasy comedy adventure, and it's kind of like a TV show for your ears. Yeah. So it's like seven hours of a TV show, but it's only audio. And it stars me and Neil Gaiman and Will Wheaton and Sean Astin. Wow. And all these amazing people. Weird Al does a cameo for me. No way. Yeah, he's amazing. And it's about a failed chosen one who kind of gets her life blown up by this girl who comes in and admires her for for the first time in her life because she actually failed her big battle with the big bad guy and life has been crap for all the supernatural creatures since. So it's kind of like if Harry Potter choked, what would happen 10 years later? (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And it's been very successful, by the way. And you can catch it, just let me tell the listeners, you can catch this exclusively on Audible, by the way, and from Amazon. Yeah, audible.com slash third out. You can download it. And yeah, it uh, it was a TV show that I originally pitched that nobody wanted to buy. Oh, really? I loved it so much. And I, I love that you're talking about the perfectionist syndrome because this show is kind of about that. Like, it's about a woman who fails, who was supposed to be the chosen one, and she chokes. And like, how do you live with yourself as a perfectionist who let everyone down? And that's kind of like when I broke, quote unquote, yeah. uh, after overworking, I... I've experienced that. I was like, I'm a failure. Uh, nobody wants to be around me. And I kind of channeled that into the show and, again, got some free therapy out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. How, how long do that free therapy? Chrissy, we've had like 500 hours of free therapy right here at the commercial break. <laughs> 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 I think we win just because we put out so much content, if I'm being really honest with you. <laughs> like we, just hit, we, if, we can't get away from us. When you, um, when you start a project like this, how long did it take you to write what eventually became seven hours of audio fantasy? I know that must be extremely difficult. It must be a, it take a yeah. long time. Well, if you'll look at my resume, you'll notice that I came from short form videos. Yep. So I created one of the very first web uh, scripted web series. The Guild. It was just when YouTube started. It was called The Guild. It was awesome. Gamers. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, and thank you. Uh, and so basically, this is the opposite of that. So I had the privilege of g- closing my contract right before COVID started. And I had three years to basically write this thing. And it almost took that long wow. to get through all the revisions and recording sure. and all of that. So. Yeah, it was a different process for me, but it actually gave me confidence to kind of work for myself versus other people. And that really was a lesson that I hope I'll take to the grave. You That's know? a Just, great feeling. Yeah. When you sh- you shop this around to like to all the TV networks and they just all kind of were like, not interested, not interested, not interested. And at some point you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to do this, this regardless. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing this. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was kind of like that, except there was a couple years of depression right. between those two. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hollywood is like you're a shoe salesman and you're going to every door knocking and say, hey, do you like my shoes? And, you know, nobody wants your shoes. Generally, nobody wants your shoes. And really, you should have the resilience to, like, put those shoes away and get another pair out and go knock on the door. Do you like these shoes? <laughs> and that is... The- 
that is really the the Hollywood life. Unfortunately, I love these shoes so much that I just kind of put them in a closet and I put myself in the closet and I stared at them for two years <laughs> and cried. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It must feel good that people are enjoying it, that people like it, that it's, you know, that that it's out there and you manifested this on your own. I mean, it must just feel super great that you took this places, people poo-pooed it, but you said, hey, I'm going to go do this anyway. And it became a success. It's the ultimate yeah. FU to the people who said yeah, no. Yeah, it is. And yeah. congratulations to you. Thank you. My my career is mostly uh, based on spite. So, <laughs> I love that. Uh, like, you can't tell me what to do. I'll just get on a tenth of the budget, sir. <laughs> anyway, <That's yeah>. Right. <laughs> we have so much in common. You were saying that being in Hollywood is like being a uh, door-to-door sh- uh, shoe salesman. It, podcasting is like being a door-to-door vacuum sales vacuum <laughs> cleaner salesperson. <laughs> no one wants your vacuum cleaner. <laughs> When you, what it, you did the, one of the things that when I'm looking over your life and I'm reading about you and we're doing research about you, one of the things that hits me is that you and I are of similar age and me being a little bit older than you, by the way, and you look much better than I do, yeah. but, uh, you, it's, it's all, it's all a Hollywood. It's a Hollywood. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Send me your makeup artist. Yeah, yeah, really. My dad, well, here's the irony. My dad's a plastic surgeon. What? He just retired. So now I, all the work I need done, I can't get oh. them for free. And I'm like, dad, Wait, this you're, is not good timing. I know. Your dad cannot even hook you up with a little bit of Botox here and there? <laughs> nope. Illegal. And he's, you know, he's, he was in the military. He's like, nope, sorry. Very uh, he's very now. black oh, and white. Boy. Yeah, I don't know. Let me get you. Let me get to your dad. We'll have a few drinks, and I'll see if he can just cut me up a little bit. Put some put a syringe in his hand. Yeah, get in there, sir. I'm losing get my butt. There. Can you put some things in there to stuff it up? The older I get, the less butt I get. Um, one of the things that I recognize about the like the the parody in our life, or really not the parody in our life, is that we were born no internet. We come into adolescence. And some form of internet is coming, right? Emails and dial-up and AOL and all this other stuff. Yeah. You really embrace this from the get. You're like, you are one of the first web series on YouTube. You're there. You're in it. You're embracing it. And that really, I think, um, tells a story about how you just had the foresight to understand that this platform called collectively the internet could be a great place for a creative outlet. Did you... Am I reading that right? Were you like from the beginning, you were like, oh my gosh, this is a great way that I can, you know, get out there and no. do things. No, I okay, mean, great. <laughs> you must admire me more than I do uh, myself. I so, but no, I mean, listen, I let me, let me repeat. I was locked in a house with a computer and a violin. Yeah, okay. So that was my childhood. And actually my grandfather being a nuclear physicist used the early internet because mm. it was primarily sure, for scientists. So right. yeah. he gave us a computer and I used like early, early internet, like CompuServe and all mm-hmm. these yes. services that went bankrupt before the internet started. So, yes, you're right. I was way before the times there. But, like, when I wrote The Guild, I wrote that as a television show, too. And nobody wanted to do it because they didn't understand that people could play games together online at that time. It was, like, 2006 or seven. Yeah. And so when my friend, who had done some sketch comedy, was like, hey, we could do little videos and upload them, I was like, I'm desperate because I've been rejected so much by Hollywood. Let's just do this. And the minute I got comments on a video and I got, like, a hold of fans who actually enjoyed my work. I was <sighs> like, oh, oh, I can do this myself yeah, and people yeah. enjoy it. I'm not making money, but I love it. And it was the fulfillment that I needed in my life that I, I didn't have anywhere else. And we are living in a beautiful time when people can do that. They can make a podcast. They can make a video. They can make anything they want, a book, and they can uh, you know, own direct. the release of it. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. 
I totally agree with you. I, I mean, if, if it wasn't for the RSS feed, that's Chrissy and I would still be two unknown human beings knocking around somewhere. Um, and the one, I do think the beautiful thing about the day and age that we're in now is that no matter what you're into, no matter who you are, no matter what message you have to deliver, good, bad, or indifferent, creativity knows no bounds, and you will find mm-hmm. the audience, the, or the audience will find you if you keep at it and you know where to you know, serve up the, the goods, so to speak. And I yeah, think you're I just... Mean, I think, yeah. Go ahead. Though I'm just saying, I mean, listen, there's a lot of people, people poo-poo TikTok and, and podcasts, but there are people talking about things that mainstream Hollywood would never be okay with. Like, sure. I'm, t- I'm looking on TikTok and people are like animating, you know, stuffed uh, uh, taxidermy mice. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to watch more of this. Yeah. Nobody in Hollywood would say go with it, <laughs> but it's just beautiful. And talking about like women's issues, like... I saw, you know, there's a huge uh, underground thing about menopause and like women who have no voice in mainstream uh, media. They they're huge on TikTok because people are like, hey, no one's talking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to go here. I want to learn about it. I want to learn about the Roman Roman history. I want to learn about, you know, uh, the bird health. You know, everything you can get um, serves people's interests and people have. People are just so much more interesting than Hollywood lets them be. Yeah. And I understand you had to appeal to a mass audience, but that's not the world anymore. And that's mm-hmm. what I love about the, the time we're living in. Yeah. I mean, I think Hollywood has its place, right? It's, it, it's, it is there to serve the mass audience, mass entertainment and mm-hmm. good. But really what sits under that and even under that, the sub subcultures are people who are finding and becoming more themselves by connecting with other people who enjoy the similar things that they do or the creative tastes or their opinions or whatever it is. I mean, there's something to be said, I think, also for kind of living in an echo chamber, so to speak, but that's a whole different conversation. But Yeah, I, well, yeah, that's exactly, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. There's good and bad. There's good and bad. <laughs> but it's like everything in life, right? There's good and bad. And you just have to kind of roll with the punches. But it does allow, like, you know, the RSS feed allows us to find an audience. Otherwise, we would have never known had we start trying to... World- would be poor for it. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet. And that's the first time anybody said anything nice about the commercial break. Wrap that up. Interview's over. Let's just come here and talk again, Felicia, and yeah. just pump each other up. Yeah, we'll just pump each I other up. I love this. We'll call each other every Monday yes. morning when I'm ready to Get knock my head through. I'm here for you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> call him from Atlanta. <laughs> when, um, let me ask you uh, about when you start to get into TV, because I think this is probably where most people will know you from. What do you think is your, like, you? What do you consider your big breakout role after the commercials and you're starting to get into some television roles? What do you think is the thing that I go, oh, wow, I really, I'm accomplished now. Like, I have a, a good credit yeah. for to my name. It was, uh, I did a movie called Bring It On Again, and yeah. then I got a, a role named uh, Buffy. And oh, so I think it was yeah. Buffy because I had never been like recurring on anything. I ended up doing seven or eight episodes in the last season of that show. And that was really, I felt a belonging mm. on a show. I felt like even though every every week we get a new script, right? And this yeah. is when they actually dropped off paper scripts. This is long right. ago. Now it's just email. And you, you like, open the door. What's that? You hear it. <laughs> exactly. Hurry. And you literally flip to the back page to see if you got killed or not. Yeah. So yeah. like there was no job security <laughs> because it was a sci-fi show. But at the end of the day, like I got to stick around until the end of this. And, and I got to see how being on a show really creates a family and – you know, it's probably dysfunctional, whatever. But at the end of the day, I, I felt like I found a place where I belonged, especially in the nerd and sci-fi world, because as you'll see behind me, I have board games and comics and video game things. I love 
those interest, those are my interests and my hobbies and my passions, and I made my whole career around them because that's who I am. You are verified nerd, never, girl. You are verified yeah, nerd, and I love it. That's I great. love every yeah. minute of it. Yeah, <laughs> I love all that stuff too. So. What yeah, is, and it's hard to say that you love that stuff, especially as a woman. And so, like, mm-hmm. I was just like, I've found my niche, man. Let's just do it. Well, my dad's a huge nerd. And so that just, I think, really? made me yeah, want so to. Yeah, so was mine. Yeah. He's an engineer, went to Georgia Tech, and just, we had computers oh. and all of the, I mean, your dad's the same way, Brian. I know we talk about. My dad had <laughs> the first uh, desktop computer ever. And what he did <gasps> was he put a desktop <gasps> in his office. At, he worked in the meat packing plant in Chicago, which a lot of people did. It's a huge, you know, meat packing town. And so he puts a computer there, and he puts a computer here at the house, and he connects them via telephone line. So one of those old modems where you would stick yeah. the phone on the modem, uh-huh. and it was making uh-huh, sounds uh-huh. back and forth, right? And so my dad, <laughs> I know, <laughs> yeah. like weird science. And then that damn printer, <laughs> wow. that damn printer. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad would like go home at night and he would finish his work at the computer and then it would be at his computer the next day. So it was like an early form of the internet, right? He was communicating wow. and he set this all up himself. He is nerd to the mm-hmm. core. Um, and and he's really like, um, you know, a technology first kind of person when he finds out about some new technology and he thinks it's interesting, he really gets himself into it. So we grew up around that culture. Um, but I was one of those guys, like when the internet came along, honestly, I swear to God, I was like, internet's a fad. It's going to go away in a couple of weeks. It's only good for bankers and meatpacking people. And I was like, it's not going to stick around. And I, I just was so off base about it. I didn't get my first email address until I was like 20 years old. Um, so, you, you know, our lives are not, are dissimilar in that way um when you go out into the universe right you're out there shopping or whatever people recognize you they go oh my gosh hey it's felicia day what are they most what is the project that they most refer to is it supernatural or is it mystery science theater 3000 you know, I, I could tell you are MST. Um, you're oh. a MST. Uh, no, yeah. it's not. It's not MST3K. Although I am very privileged to be on that show. Um, it's probably Supernatural or The Guild because if yeah. you you know The Guild got millions and millions and millions and millions of views, right? But it was not mainstream whatsoever. So it's always like baristas or somebody with a gamer shirt <laughs> or like the IT guy that you'd be like, oh, nice button up. You know, like yeah. those are the people who recognize me. Or nowadays, because I've been in the business so long, it's a lot of women. Which is like the biggest compliment nice. because when I first started doing this, it was there were no women in, you know, at conventions mm-hmm. or at nerd culture or at the game store, you know? And now it's like a very big almost gender parody. Yeah. And I think it's wonderful because now we're just all gaming together. And I think, you know, that's something that's an ulterior motive of mine, just like showing up and being who I am and representing in a sort of male biased area, just showing up is like, okay, we'll make room for you. Most of the time, a lot of the time you know, there'll be, there, there's be some a-holes, but you know, you just stand there and stand proud and people will link arms with you, men and women, and be like, no, they belong here. And that's what's beautiful about the last like 15 years. I, and I think you're kind of a flag bearer for that, to be honest with you. I, I, th- I think a lot of people look at you and they say, oh, well, she helped bridge that gap, right? Or mm-hmm. she helped bring that into the fold. I think that's, in my opinion, something to be proud of, right? Um, yeah, I'm very proud of it. Let me talk to you because I am in Misty. Let me talk to you about Mystery <laughs> Science Theater excited. 3000. I love this show. I love, love, love this show. I have loved it since the day that it came on Comedy Central. It is just an incredible, 
It's, it's just a simple idea with such incredible execution. And it's so fucking funny every single time that I watch an episode. Are, were you a huge fan before you actually got the gig? Well, as we, I, as I mentioned, my whole career is about spite. Yes. <laughs> that. So the reason that I got this job was that I saw Joel in a green room at a convention. I was like, I'm going to take a selfie and rub it in my brother's face uh-huh. with Joel. Because we used to watch MS23K together as kids. It's the one thing we ever agreed on on the television. He wanted to watch monster, you know, truck racing. I wanted to watch Anastasia, you know, oh, yeah. the yeah. miniseries. So, like, the one thing we'd agree on was kung fu movies and MS2VK and sometimes the combination thereof. And so when I saw Joel, I was like, ha, 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 right. <laughs> we exchanged information, and he ended up, like, emailing me, hey, do you want to be in the show? And I was like, I'll Holy do a cameo. Shit. No, I want you to- Yeah, I was like, oh, I was trembling when he said, I want you to be a forester because that's the bad guy of the show. Yeah. And I got to be, yeah, it's, it's whenever I hear his voice, in real life, I think, oh, I'm listening to a television show. That's how iconic Joel is for me. And yeah, it's a great show. Me how too. Fun. I would freak out. It's just a little like, you know, kind of fan question. Do you think uh, there's going to be a season 14? I know you're crowdfunding for it right now. Am I, am I mistaken? I th- Yeah, I think the crowdfunding, they missed their mark on the crowdfunding, but Joel said he's regrouping and next year he's going to go back and uh, try a different tactic and like kind of re-figure uh, the show so that he can continue. And the wonderful thing is it's been going on for 30 years. Yeah. We did two crowdfunded years or one crowdfunded year, one year on Netflix, one year crowdfunding, and hopefully we'll be able to do another one, whether through distribution or another crowdfunding thing that's a little bit different. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited and I hope to be part of the Misty World Forever, but you can see all the episodes on either Tubi or um, the Gizmoplex.com is the website they built out. So go ahead and check it out because it is very, very funny. It, nice. If you have not seen Mystery Science Theater three thousand, and you're a commercial break Ugh. fan, and you're a Felicia Day fan, you will love it because if, I don't even want to explain it. You just have to go watch it. But just know you're in good hands so with Mystery Science Theater three thousand. <laughs> Give it a chance. Very good. Drink some wine, <laughs> eat your edibles, sit down, relax. We'll watch a couple of the. <laughs> <laughs> you made me spit. <laughs> I'm not suggesting you do drugs, but if you're going to do drugs, do them while you're watching Mystery Science Theater 3000. Totally fine, man. Yeah. I'm in California. I remember when they legalized like weed here. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, the neighborhood's going to go down. And I was like, it, it literally is not different. It's the same. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. It's, it's just you can just it walk into the is. store and buy it. And, you know, I'm, yep. I agree with it 1000%. Georgia will be the last state, maybe Mississippi, but Georgia. Georgia will be one of the last oh, states to yeah. Yeah, Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, they are they are not tech forward in Mississippi. I'll yeah. just tell you that. No, we love our I, Mississippi. Listen, that's where I was homeschooled. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why my mom didn't socialize us. We went to one homeschool meetup, and we were not religious, but the people who were in the Gulf Coast of Mississippi were very religious. Oh, very. And I remember a girl wouldn't swing with me because she she said that her and this was like when I was nine years old. She was like, "Oh, I can't swing." My my skirt might go up and see, people might see my ankles. I'm oh my not god! Kidding. Oh. This little girl said that. Yes, god. so like, ankles. Oh. The not ankles. Our scene. Not our scene. <laughs> Ooh yeah. Chrissy's showing her ankles today in the studio, I and know. I got to tell you, I could barely you control on. myself. Yeah. <laughs> I love that narrative. Men can't control themselves. Just control yourself. You'll be okay. Um, exactly. Let me. You can do it, sir. I have a question. I have a question from our producer, who is a big fan of yours. Okay, here here is the question. Her name is Christina, Christina. and Christina has to know. (laughs) Christina has to know, are you still into fanfic? What is your relationship with fanfic these days? 
You know, I okay, I I do I do love fanfic. I love it when people uh write take stories because let's be honest, it's hard to write your own story. I have been delaying my own f- fictional novel like for years. Uh, yeah. I actually have I one day I'm going to it's either next year or the year after or maybe the year after that. So I don't know. <laughs> There's a year when I'll get my crap together. Um, but I think fanfic is wonderful because it gives you uh, a world and some characters um, to play with and put together and build a story. And if that gives you confidence to start your own thing or that's the end-all be-all, God bless you. You go with it. As, as somebody who's created worlds and stories and characters, to see other people take ownership of it to create their own little playground i think it's fantastic i am now really i haven't read a lot of fanfic lately but i've been reading lit rpg which is like this it's basically a video game in novel form and i read like three of these books a a week it's literally about a person power leveling i know i just it's an addiction i gotta write my own to deduct them all they're so fun (laughs) so anyway that's my latest passion christina okay and the, the second question that christina has which don't blame me. It's coming from Christina. I'm just the messenger who also agrees to, to ask the question. So okay. tell us your story about hentai. You had a moment with hentai. <laughs> <laughs> she dug deep. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Hentai. Okay. So if you guys aren't familiar, hentai is pornographic Japanese cartoon. I may or may um, not have seen hentai. I've seen it before. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's a little, and I, uh, it was years ago, and I was like, I'm going to spice up my relationship, and I'm going to get some of this, because I love nerd things. I was like, mm-hmm. well, regular stuff doesn't do it for me. I think it's kind of, you know, not for me. Yeah. But let's, I, I so I ordered some hentai, and I, I really like subgenres, so I ordered some nurse hentai, I ordered some teacher hentai, <laughs> and I ordered some weird monster tentacle stuff. Okay. Anyway. I pop it in, and the nurse one starts, and I'm like, hey. Yeah. yeah. And my partner's like. Uh-uh. uh-uh. No way. Cartoon <laughs> cartoon nipples are not for me. So <laughs> So anyway, I put them on the shelf. They weren't even played. Like just the nurse one got half done and we were like, okay, let's just watch British baking show or whatever. So <laughs> that got, turns me on so, like cupcakes. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it's true. I, I agree. So I was cleaning my house out and I was like getting rid of DVDs. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna get rid of this. And I kind of put them. I just threw them on top of a, bo- a box, and I closed the box, and I took it to Goodwill. And I didn't think the guy was going to open it. He's like, well, i got to go through this. And I'm like, what? And in horror, <laughs> All right, I what? see this 80-plus-year-old man open the top and see just nurse nipples, nurse animated nurse nipples. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, oh, oh. Sorry, sir. I, I, I uh, I didn't want those anymore, but I, I don't think this is appropriate. He's like, no, 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 don't worry, man. I'll take it. I'll take it. We'll I'll, take it. I'll take it we'll from take, here. I'll check that out. I'll be the I'll judge of that. I'll take it from here. Do you have any <laughs> tentacle hentai? <laughs> That's what I saw. I, I, I'm like right below there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I saw when I looked. We were doing, talking about hentai, and I was doing some research, like you know, <laughs> deep down in the web, and I saw this mm-hmm. tentacle hentai, and I was like, this is fucking intense. Like I don't even yeah, know if much. I could get into this. Yeah, it's way too much. It's <laughs> no, way too much. much. I was like, who? Oh? <laughs> Not one for every orifice, sir. Thank you. No, thank you. I want before we let you go. I want to make sure you talk about a cause that's the near and dear to your heart: yeah. the birds. Talk about the birds. Oh, yes, yes. I was so excited to, that you guys were from Atlanta. I heard the minute I logged on, I was like, "Oh, they're Southerners and yeah. they're from Atlanta." So I want to talk. I want to give a plug to a charity that is my passion lately. It is called Papa Yago Rescue House, and it is in Marietta, Georgia. And if you are a local Georgia person, please, uh, you know, either. 
if, if you could support them, that would be wonderful. But also, uh, they need volunteers, and it is a wonderful parrot rescue. They helped me out with my, my grandmother had to go in assisted living, and she had a macaw. And unfortunately, no, we have a very small family, and nobody could take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they helped me out. They, uh, you could, you can adopt this bird if you want. Oh, wow. <laughs> but anyway, they, they have adoptions, but also they have amazing education there. If you are a bird owner, they give lessons. Um, they also consult. They also will train you if you want to adopt a bird. They have parakeets. They have cockatoos. They have parrots, macaws, all, all of them. And, you know, these are very intelligent, long-lived uh creatures yes. and they really need a lot of care and unfortunately you know c- circumstances sometimes mm-hmm. uh turn out that you can't or they find rescue birds birds that got out and they try to find their owner it is right. it is a local charity with so much heart and so much passion and love for these birds so you know i just want to give papayago rescue house a big shout out in the atlanta era you can donate if you're from afar or they always also are always looking for volunteers so you want to go volunteer go do it so, so if you're here in the plug. yeah if you're here in georgia uh, check them out. And I do have to say, I, I do think this is an important animal cause also, because I think a lot of people get involved with birds and they may not, they think it's cool. They think it's interesting. They've got a bird, they've got a whatever. They don't realize, they don't realize that everything, everything that's, that's entailed. It's a lot like most domesticated mm-hmm. animals, cats and dogs and everybody else. They take them in three weeks later. They didn't realize they had to do so much work. It was very expensive or whatever the case. And then they leave them somewhere or they don't take care of them. And the truth of the yeah. matter is, is there are, there are too many people giving them back and not enough people yeah. taking them away. And so it ends up being a sad thing for everybody involved. So get yourself educated and check out the uh, Papiago uh, Bird Rescue here yep. in Georgia. Bird Rescue, yeah. If you get a chance. I mean, if you're thinking about if you're thinking about it as a bird, I like a friend of mine was like, I really want a horse. I'm like, go volunteer at a rescue and mm-hmm. spend some time with Smart. horses True. or birds and see if this is this is part of your lifestyle, if it fits, if you if the hard stuff is as fun as the fun stuff with an animal. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to, and certainly don't buy an animal. Like there are many rescue yeah, places yes. that you can go and rescue any kind of animal. So One thank you for letting me know that. I really percent. appreciate it. Of course. Sure. And some of the, by the way, some of these birds lived a hundred years old. Yeah, so they you live get a long them. Time. You need to have a succession plan for mm. the bird because the bird will probably outlive you. Yes. <laughs> yep, <laughs> so. it's true. I mean, in my case too, and like I, I'm a lifelong supporter of Papayago, so but a lot of people can't do that. So yeah. at this at the end of the day, like I want to support people who do something well and do it with their whole heart. And like, yeah, that's this is this is the charity for it. So if you Thank want a bird, you. go volunteer for a couple months first before you get the bird. Yes. And right. Then you'll know what you're getting that's yourself into. Advice. And then you can either just get a bird <laughs> or you can just show up and volunteer yeah. and have the bird when yep. you want the bird. You can bird. get your bird you know fixed. Like <laughs> yes. babysitting. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's like grandparents. They get them, but they get to drop them back off at the end of the night. Third Eye is available on Audible. Uh, it's getting a lot of praise. It has been very successful. I hope that our listeners go check it out. Um, you are a national treasure, Felicia Day. And Aww. to all nerds everywhere, you are uh, one of the best. And I really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, thank you so much. What a pleasure. And oh, thank you. I, and I do and hope that you, you come back. thank you for you guys' story. Yeah, yeah I welcome. would love to come back. You have me come back any day. And also, you guys are hilarious and inspiring, and I am fully subscribed to everything you do. So thank you for having oh, thank me. You. Felicia, we love you, That's and an we honor. say around here, best to you, my friend. Best to you, Felicia. <laughs> Look, I know you guys are getting really sick of me, but that is too bad. It's my job. Now, go to tcbpodcast.com for all of our audio and video content and get your little booty over to youtube.com slash the commercial break for fully edited video episodes. Want to chat? Leave us a voicemail at 626-ASK-TCB3. Too embarrassed for your voice to be on the show? We understand. 
Text us instead at 855-TCB-8383. Can't even do that? No worries. Just follow us on TikTok at TCB Podcast and on Instagram at The Commercial Break. And if you can't even be seen doing that, just listen to these sponsors and let's get back to the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Wow. Felicia could I not have been her. better if you had, I mean... If I feel like it was a third member of the group. It was like a third member of the band just showing up. <laughs> That's right. We had so much in common. Yeah. And she's just so lovely. She's beautiful. Yeah. And just yeah. beautiful inside and out. So intelligent. Has done so much. Had we 300 episodes ago had guests of this caliber come in the door, <laughs> our whole lives might have changed. We had a, Our whole opinion on guesting might have changed. You know, know what I'm saying? We were so afraid of it. Yeah, we had, the, <laughs> we had the one guy that we never aired that came on. Comedian. Supposedly. Comedian. He, yeah, we, we thought he was a comedian. Yeah. And so, there, here's, let me break the fourth wall for you just a little bit here. There is a... This is well-known. You should know this. When someone goes on Jimmy Kimmel or Conan O'Brien or wherever they go... When they go on one of those shows and they're a comedian, the host, if he's good at his job or her, if she's good at her job, they will tee up material so that that comedian can run over some familiar ground, tell some jokes and do what they're there to do. Right now, I understand Felicia's not a comedian, like, but that's not her job title, right? But we had this guy on one time and i and get it on was the, his job title <laughs> that was his job title as a matter of fact that's how he pitched himself to us like you know comedian extraordinaire i had billions of views on all the social media platforms turned out to be not true but anyway regardless that's shame on us for not doing our homework but we don't talk to the guests ahead of time usually we don't we right. might say hi to them you know right before as we do our own little coming. research yeah, we do our own little then... research and we have a bunch of people that help us do that christina mm-hmm. and tina and marianne all the people you've heard about but this guy comes on long before any of these people were involved in the show and long before we had anybody listening to the show. <laughs> he comes on and but the day before, not really knowing what I'm doing, like I still don't right now, right. <laughs> I get on the phone with the guy and we have a long conversation and I say, hey, listen, you know, I've just watched, you know, some of your stuff and let me tee up a couple of these for you. And he says, yeah, that's great. Let's do it that way. OK, great. Let's keep it natural. Let's keep it organic. But I'll make sure I throw in a few questions that can lead to some of your more you know, uh, famous material. I guess if you could call it that when right. people watch it. <laughs> I swear to God, TCB universe, I swear. Chrissy was in the room with me. Yeah. It was the most uncomfortable thing that most uncomfortable conversation maybe I've ever <laughs> been involved in because I start asking him these questions to tee up his material and he goes from World War II to the Civil War in conversation. And it's not like he just briefly mentioned it as a joke. He was talking about it as if he was a historian for an hour yeah it wasn't funny there was nothing funny about it not a fucking thing funny about it we had to endure for a while oh my god and then we got done we were like uh Uh, bye that's not gonna happen now the good the good news 
I forgot to press record. So the great news was, <laughs> at least uh, we, we fucked up the technology, so we actually couldn't run it. But I'll tell you what, that guy called me for months, and he was like, hey, man, I come back on and re-record that. And I was like, yeah, listen, uh, we're, okay. we're not doing guests yeah. right now. I think that's what started we're not doing guests, right. is I just didn't want to call that guy back, so I'm not going to have guests on. But Felicia is the exact opposite of that. So easy to talk to. All of our guests have been wonderful, but yeah. I feel like Felicia. One Here's my concern with Felicia when I initially... Uh, when when we get together and decide we're going to do this. My concern with Felicia is she is into so much of the nerdist culture, right? That's her whole thing. And she is very popular uh, in that culture. I am not. I'm a nerd in my own way. Like, I'm a nerd when yep. it comes to, like, Dr. Niles Arden on TLC. I can tell you every episode of My 600-Pound <laughs> Life, right? Or I can tell you about my little the little little family or whatever. I can tell you about that stuff. I'm a nerd in my own way. We all are in our own way about our own things. But I'm not a gamer, necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily into the nerd culture. I'm into MST, but that's, you know, an exception, not the rule. And so you get a little nervous that you may not, you know... The be able conver- to talk the lingo. Yeah, you just you wouldn't be able to talk the lingo. I could not have been more wrong. Oh, we had so much other so stuff much to talk about. We didn't even get Felicia. to the fact that she had just been to Costa Rica. We have that, our... Costa Rica connection. Just like Steve-O. I wrote, you know, 26 bullet points down that I could like, you know, go over and I got to three of them. I wrote 36 (laughs) for Felicia. I think we got to four of them. So I guess we're doing better. Every every time we'll try and get to more actual research that we've done. It flows. (laughs) Thanks for wasting your time, Tina and Christina. We appreciate it. Oh, so much fun. So go check out her Audible um, series. series. Mm -hmm. Seven hours long. It's a fantasy series. It's professionally voiced and acted, uh, voice acted, and uh, I know you're going to like it. I actually started to listen to it this morning, but I didn't get through much of it, so I'm going to I'll pick up where I left off because I want to hear the weird Al Yankovic part, yeah. <laughs> desperately. Uh, <laughs> so what? Uh, just so wonderful. And Felicia has a website, Felicia.day. You can go there too and find out all about the things she's doing. I think she's doing like a Comic Con cruise coming Ooh. up to Cozumel. Have nice. you ever been to Cozumel? I have not been to Cozumel. You've not been to Cozumel. No. Which parts of Mexi- Mexico have you been to? I have been to Cancun. Yeah. That was a uh, trip after high school, okay. which was a total debauchery, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, and then I've been to uh, Playa. Playa del Carmen? Yeah, I think that's Is that Playa right. del Carmen? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know all the towns. I've been to Cozumel. <laughs> I've been to Cabo, Mexico City. Uh, I've been to both. I do want to go to Mexico City. I heard that that's beautiful. It's down there. absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, it was back in the '90s, and it wasn't quite. You know, Mexico wasn't quite as "quote unquote" dangerous as mm-hmm. some people might think it is now. But I actually think that Mexico City is a very metropolitan city. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you the story. I'll, I'll share this story real quick as I'm trying to convince you that Mexico's safe. <laughs> one of my dad's employees got kidnapped yeah, in Mexico City one that. time. So, freaking insane and they had like that whole kidnapping insurance and everything and they got him back God, they got him back he like so scary. disappeared from the hotel fr- from the front of the hotel Jeez. and he got dropped off at the front of the hotel in his underwear oh my god yeah not a thing on him except for his underwear disoriented not knowing where he was going and i guess they paid the ransom because the guy <laughs> got back or whatever Jeez, uh that's but that's scary. not you know that happens all around the world it's not just mexico mm-hmm. but i loved mexico city i spent uh, a bit of time there i loved it i loved that's it what i loved it loved it mm-hmm. i thought it was so wonderful but i was also a teenager and i think i just loved it because i could <laughs> you could buy cigarettes drink, drink. yeah, yeah. The, my dad leaves us listen this is a story funny story from mexico my dad brings us to the nestle hotel down there it's like one of the big nice hotels okay in mexico city 
but he's there for business and we're just traveling along with him for this long business trip that he has in Mexico, going to different places. So we're in Mexico City for a while. Kevin and I are kind of bored. It's Kevin and I. We're kind of bored. And so my dad says, listen, I got a guy. He's going to come pick you up in the lobby. He's going to take you to go do some sightseeing stuff. You guys want to go to the pyramids? I'll take you to the pyramids. Whatever you want to do. I got business meetings. I'll be back tonight. So I'm giving you some money. Be good. And uh, wait down in the lobby for this guy. That was nice of your dad. This guy shows up and he looks like the world's most interesting man. And I don't mean he looks (laughs) like the world's most interesting man. He looks like the guy who plays Plays, the world's most interesting man. (laughs) The gray hair and the suave Uh, debonair. Yes. He brings us into his Cadillac, DeVille, (laughs) right? The long, big, long, old Cadillacs. Mm -hmm. And he's got the little... like the little, I don't even what you call them, the dangly things that yeah. are the little balls, the fuzz balls that are hanging. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's got those things in his car, but otherwise the car is like a limousine, except for these dangly things that are running around the entire thing. <laughs> and so he's letting us smoke back there. He's, you know, he's joking with us. We're smoking cigarettes. We're yeah, laughing it up with this guy. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. Why don't I take you to one of Mexico City's most wonderful places and we're like yeah take us there and he's like and i go what is it one of the pyramids don't you worry you'll know when you get there okay pull up in this cadillac deville this old dusty road in the middle of the fucking (laughs) desert and there's like a shack in the middle of the desert right we go in there it is an agave plant a tequila plant and they are making tequila there and they have a tequila tasting table but the table is not where like a bartender is setting up there pouring you a little nip of the tequila. It's just shots of tequila hanging yeah. out ready for you to take. <laughs> a basket of limes, a plate with salt, and hundreds of shots Your of tequila. Your teenage fantasy. Well, I'm, I'm not a big drinker, so I don't yeah. like, I didn't drink as a teenager really, but I took a shot, right? Well, Kevin gets into it. He's yeah. like, yeah, wow, <laughs> da, da. He's like going shot for shot with the world's most interesting <laughs> man. The guy drives a Cadillac DeVille. You're not going to outdrink him. And <laughs> right. so. Kevin does this. Then the next stop is the pyramids, like the sun pyramid and the moon pyramid, yeah. you know, the Ra and Re and whatever that stuff is. So <laughs> right. you can climb up this, but it is like at a 90 degree angle. You have to literally climb Those like a steep. ladder. I've yes. seen them, yeah. And people don't make it up there. Mm-hmm. And some people fall sometimes. So Kevin and I managed to make our way up to the top of the sun god pyramid. <laughs> and Kevin is fucking hammered. I think he threw up on the top of the pyramid, well, if I'm being sure. honest. Yeah. <laughs> Adding more to the lure of the Americans. Don't know how right. to travel. Right. <laughs> so on the top of the pyramid, I'm wearing this belt, right? I got a belt, jeans on, whatever I'm wearing. I'm sure, actually, I'm sure I'm wearing my blue Doc Martens <laughs> with my baggy jeans. So I get up to the top of this pyramid, and there's a guy standing there, and he goes, Hey, man, how much for the belt? And I go, What? How much for the belt? He liked your belt. He liked my belt. And I said, I'm not selling my belt. But he had these trinkets. He had like a clay sun god and a moon god. Right? These two clay trinkets, probably worth collective 30 cents. <laughs> and I go, but I really like those two trinkets that you got there on your, he's like, like a blanket out or whatever. And I was like, but I like those two trinkets. I give you the trinkets for the belt. And I was like, oh, really? And he was like, yeah. So the entire trip, I only brought one belt. My pants are falling <laughs> off. Every time we go somewhere, my pants are falling off. Yes. My dad had to buy me a belt (laughs) downstairs in the lobby because Brian decided he was (laughs) going to give his away. He had a little trade. Oh, you know, (laughs) listen, I can't be, I can't be the world's most interesting man (laughs) because I don't know how to behave. (laughs) I love that they were selling trinkets at the top of this famous pyramid. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, you know. 
They sell trinkets at our most famous places, too, like Walt Disney World. I and, do. You know, mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. Like, you go to any of those monuments, there's some <laughs> idiot there selling a T-shirt of some kind. That's true. Yeah, but in 2023, you got to be careful about which T-shirt you buy. You know what I'm saying? You don't <laughs> want to give the wrong message or end up at the wrong protest. Right. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Thanks so much to Felicia Day for coming yeah. on the commercial break. We just had an absolute blast. We it's will fun. have her back. There's no yeah. doubt about that. If she comes in April, if we can find a way to put a third chair here, maybe we do that. Let's do that. Maybe we just bring her here to my you know, one-story double-wide trailer. <laughs> my daughter's, what should be my daughter's room. One of my daughters. Uh, so thanks to Felicia Day. Go to her website, Felicia.Day. Please check out her Audible series, The Third Eye. And once you get done doing all that, go to our website, tcbpodcast.com. More information about Chrissy and I, the show. Uh, you're going to like it. Go to the website. It's a great website. We paid a lot of money for it, so please go visit it. <laughs> uh, all the audio, all the video, and you can get your new Piggy Fronting sticker by hitting the Contact Us button. Click the drop-down menu. It says, I want my sticker. Give us your physical address. If you want us to sign it or something, please let us know so that we could do that for you. Uh, and when you get done doing all of that, give us a text message. 626-ASK-TCB, the number three. one 626 TCB the number three. Questions, comments, concerns, content ideas. Ask Brian's mom. Ask TCB. <laughs> ask anybody anything. You could just go ahead and shoot it off to us. We would love to hear from you. And you can leave us a voicemail there, too. But if you leave that voicemail, just be aware that we may use your voice on the show. And that makes you be mindful of what you say. You know what I'm saying, Chrissy? Because <laughs> I actually have one really good voicemail. But then she called back like five minutes later, left another voicemail and said, please don't run that voicemail oh. because she gave some identifying information. Oh, okay. And I'm so bummed out because I really like the voicemail. Oh, whatever. Anyway, and you, you get the point. Add the commercial break on the ever-growing Instagram. Uh, Veer Das. We had almost a million views on that Veer Das reel. It's crazy. It's wild. So at the commercial break on Instagram, TCB podcast on TikTok, and YouTube.com slash the commercial break. The Felicia Day interview will be up there. So go check it out. All right, Chrissy. I guess that's all I can do for today. I think so. But I'll tell you that I love you. I love you. Best to you. And best to you. And best to you out there in the podcast universe. Until next time, Chrissy and I do say, we always say, and we must say, Goodbye. goodbye. 